We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson. Yes. They did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 228 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler joined by my two guys as always mr malcolm hart and mr pierre how you boys doing today man i'm doing awesome malcolm what's up with you bro Woo! i'm doing good man i'm just, just here man join join everything right now man yes sir so we got a bit of an update episode of just talking about stuff that's going around with the league right now stuff that's happening with the lions no senior bowl coverage in this but expect some more of that coming very soon because the senior bowl is actually next week at the time you're hearing this so we're going to ramp up the draft coverage a little bit more but we're going to talk about some stuff that's currently happening in the nfl and some stuff involving the lions I want to start off with one thing, and it's the Lions defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. We've mentioned him a couple of times in you know, the last couple of episodes of him getting some head coaching uh, interviews with the Denver Broncos. He is actually now no longer a candidate for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos have narrowed their candidates to three guys, and Aaron Glenn did not make that list. So you probably think you are safe with Aaron Glenn now. But we learned today at the time of this recording, Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints head coach, has – officially doesn't want to call it a retirement, but is stepping down from football in the next season. So he won't be the coach for the New Orleans Saints. And the New Orleans Saints now have a coaching vacancy. And we bring this up is because Aaron Glenn is a former Saints coach. He was part of their defensive staff. He is now considered, according to Ian Rapport, one of the leading candidates to potentially get the job. So we thought we were safe with Aaron Glenn. Malcolm's putting his hands on his head right now. He looks a little bit nervous. Malcolm, talk to me. Sean Payne retiring. What's your thoughts on this with AG? Yo, I didn't put two and two together. 
I didn't put two and two together this whole time. Oh, like this is like your first time hearing about this. This is my first time hearing about it. Yes, oh. I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah, when when he brought it up, I was like, wait, wait, Saints, AGs. Like, wait, wait, wait. He 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 was there. They know his work ethic. That's all we did last year. He's a leading like, candidate. Oh, this is not good. This is this is not good. This is yeah. This is wow. And you know what? I, I honestly feel like Denver Denver made a mistake. Be, I mean, I get it. They want experience, but with AG could bring to a team, I think it, it, it's probably better than those candidates they have, who they currently have right now. But that's them. That's that's their decision. But yeah, I'm 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 shocked. Yeah, I was one of those people who was like, oh yeah, we're safe now. <laughs> I thought like I, I thought you knew about this. I like I see Michael. It's like is he like just trying to put a play an act? But he's actually legitimately shocked. Yeah, because you, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of like during the day, I'm like busy. Like I heard he got fired. I heard um, you know, like got fired, but Sean Payne retired, and then you know I was working all day. Then I went to the gym. Came back to the podcast and I didn't just I didn't put two and two together that oh shoot they may want to interview AG. Oh, wow man yeah this is this is news to me this is this is a Debbie Downer I thought okay. I thought was, I thought we we're safe. I was going to ask you like since this is like brand new to you you didn't really have much to process I want you to hear your I want to hear your initial thoughts of off the rip of you hearing this. Yeah I think he's a perfect fit. I think he's a perfect fit. I think he can lead that team. And I think he'll be a guy that they could use to fix what they have there. It's going to be interesting, man, because that team right now is to play it very nice, not very good. Like no. we were talking early before the show even started that like they have a, they had a good defense that performed really well. But I, I really believe that Sean Payton gets the re- the really best out of all these guys. And they overachieved. I think you could even make the argument is that, this team is, should be nowhere in consideration where they were this year. They were one game away from make the playoffs this year. If the Niners lose that game versus the Rams in Week 18 and the Saints take care of business like they did, the Saints are in the playoffs at this point. And I think that's just crazy to believe with what team they trotted out this season because the quarterback got hurt early on, and he was a quarterback already that had many questions coming into the season. And then he gets hurt, and then you're forced with the situation with Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon and – Sean Payton still got the ability to have this team one game out of the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see who ends up wanting this job. I wonder how intriguing this job is because they're $74 million in dead cap right now. Yikes. This, this is going to be a process. And, you know, you have some aging veterans on this team. This is going to be a process with this team. So I wonder how intriguing this job is to other head coaches out there on the market. And I'm intrigued to see how intrigued Aaron Glenn is with this Saints job because – you mentioned that he has a connection with the Saints. It's going to be interesting to see how much serious interest they have in Aaron Glenn, you know, as the Sean Payton news breaks. Can you imagine what he's going to be able to do with this defense? Oh, my Lord. So, speaking of their defense, Dennis Allen was defensive coordinator. They were, like, top five, maybe top three. I mean, they had a great defense last year. That's why they we said, like, their offense was a mess, but their defense kept them in all these games. And – we also got to mention Dennis Allen's also a leading candidate. There's two of them, uh, Pre and Rapport, Dennis Allen and AG. And then Sean Payne actually endorsed Dennis Allen in his press conference today. So I think Dennis Allen's going to get that jab. But don't sleep on AG. You also got to remember the Rooney rule. I know that sucks. It's just kind of where the league is right now, where you have to interview a minority coach. Um, and they have a connection with Aaron Glenn. And they have a connection with Aaron Glenn. So I hope it's not just like a rule. I hope actually, because Glenn does deserve to be head coach. We've talked about this, right? He did a great job with the Lions defense. 
But I think next year is when he'll get his chance. I don't think it's going to be this year just because, like, he's still kind of, like, new to this coordinator job. Yeah. And the Broncos are out on him. He's not a finalist for their job. So um, we'll see what happens, though. I wouldn't be shocked if he got the job. You know, he knows those DBs. He knows that entire defense. I mean, he knows that offense, too, pretty much. He went to practice against those guys. He developed those DBs down there, Marcus Williams, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, all those guys down there. So the scheme, he knows everything about that team. Yeah. He, he definitely has a better shot at getting the same job, the Saints job that he did with the Denver Broncos. I think I agree with that. Speaking yeah. of the Broncos, and I know he didn't make the finalists. He wasn't one of the finalists, but – do you have the names of the people who are the finalists for that job? Yeah. So it was Dan Quinn, the Cowboys fence coordinator, the Packers offense coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, and the Rams. Um, I forgot. Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell. I forgot what exactly. I think he's the OC. In the OC? Yeah. Yeah, he's the OC. Obviously, he doesn't call plays, but he's the OC. So those three guys right now are the finalists for uh, Broncos. Also, today, this is interesting. Dennis Allen, uh, the Bears called off his interview. He had an interview with them today. Oh, so the Bears called it off. So maybe that signals the Saints are going to hire Allen. Then AG could just be like a Rooney Rule type. I hate that. I hope it's not the, just the Rooney Rule for AG, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't get hired, I don't mind him coming back. I mean, I actually hope. No, obviously we want him back, but it's not fair to just get an interview just because you're a minority. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Hopefully that's not the case. No, I think Aaron Glenn will get a legitimate interview. I think they know everything about the guy. You know, he Yeah. he played for the Saints too, didn't he? He, uh, I know he played for the, I know he played for the Jets. Sure, hundred percent. He played for the Jets. Did he play for the? Did he play for the Saints at one point? I don't think so. Oh, it's before. I, I don't know. I just I thought. I, 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 yeah, that's before your time. Yeah, <laughs> he, he could have played with the Jets. He could have played with the Saints probably late in his career. I I don't think so. I think he just played with the, the Jets. I could check right here. So as a player, he did play with the Saints in two thousand eight. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought I heard about that. So I thought he was a former yeah. like a former player for the Saints, then ended up being on their staff. So yeah. So. That was, okay. like, that was like his last year, right? Yeah, so he, yeah, he, he came to the league in '94, and he he retired in '08. Okay, yeah. wow, yeah, that makes long sense. Career. Long career, successful yeah. career too. Yeah, very successful career. Pro yeah. Bowl, Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's gonna be interesting with Aaron Glenn to see how much traction this the Saints job is. You know, with New Orleans interest, but I'm kind of with leaning towards Pierce. You know thoughts right now i think they're going to go the direction of what they have already with dennis yeah. allen and i want to bring an interesting question with you guys is let's say hypothetically since he's our guy now dan campbell doesn't get hired as the head coach of the detroit lions and let's say he just doesn't get a head coaching job in last year's search do you think dan campbell is immediately the promoted guy 100%. within the staff 100%. yeah yep because he was the assistant to the head coach 100 obviously they thought highly of him if he's the assistant to the head coach so yeah so someone asked me this question, and I I said I don't think so, but I want to hear you guys' response. I Dan will never say this, but do you think there's any second thoughts now seeing Sean Payton retire for Dan no. Campbell saying him like, damn, I could have had that Saints job. I was there for so long, I could have had this job. Do you think there's second thoughts? No, do I think it's all in. Do you see that situation? I'm asking there, a question. I said I don't think so. I'm, I'm <laughs> no. asking a question. Your situation is really bad right now compared to a Detroit Lions situation. Well, the thing is, like, with the Saints, is their offense is a mess, but their defense is there. But there's 70 million cap uh, space, like, minus 70 million. So they got to figure that out. Um, you have, like, key free agents. Taron Armstead, the left tackle's free agent. Marcus Williams, a free agent. What are you going to do with Michael Thomas? Do you trade him? Like, they have a lot of issues right now. And you can see why Sean Bain's like, all right, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm walking away for a year or two. 
yeah, that, that that's what I was talking about as far as them being a mess. I'm talking about cap wise, their, their cap situation is a disaster. They have a whole bunch of guys they need to resign, and they're not gonna have enough money to get these guys. So a lot of these guys are gonna walk. You know, Marcus Williams, you brought him up. He's most likely gone this offseason. Hey, if he's gone. I'm gonna make a bold prediction right now. I think he's gonna be a lion. There you go. Oh, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, he might come right early like prediction. AD. Who knows, man? Bold or whatever, but. It's an early prediction he'll be a lion if he's a free yeah. agent. Someone asked me that question, and I'm like, I, I don't think so, man. I think Dan would take this lion scenario that he has right now, then that New Orleans job, just because, like you guys mentioned, all the points that they're just so behind right now. And, like, it's going to be hard to rebuild this team and kind of recover to make this team, you know, the good yeah. Saints again. You're really going to have to go, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, you're really going to have to, like, have a really rough year. Like, you're going to have to go through a really, 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 really rough year. Maybe yeah. the following year they could probably have more open space for cap and fix well, things. Well, that's but... that was the thing with the Lions too. When you took the job, you're going to go through a rough year and you're not going to have, you're not going to spend crazy money in the first year. And he went through that. But I think this, I, I think this Saints process is going to take longer than the what the Lions process looked like coming into it. Because I think the Lions, you look down the lines like, okay, we're going to really, you know, reboot this roster right from the start we're going to gut it out from the start and i think what the saints is like man like what do you do there's so many questions do you want to keep the guys you have right now or do you want to you know trade these guys do you want to pay these guys and how are you going to make cap room for these guys there's just too many questions in new orleans where i think in detroit you got a clean slate you could build the team the way you want to clean uh you want to build it yeah, yeah i'm with tyler like you come to detroit you have a six-year deal you're basically building the team in your image over there you're kind of like retooling not necessarily rebuilding and you know, you have more time in Detroit versus New Orleans, probably. I would agree with that too. Oh, they probably need a rebuild because they're yeah, going to they're they're lose all their their key pieces anyway. But like when you have a defense like that, it's hard to rebuild. Well, how are you gonna who are you gonna bring back? Where are you gonna get the money to bring these guys back? Yeah, you have to make a, a shit ton of adjustments, restructure deals. If they, they do that all the time, though, so yeah. they're probably gonna restructure deals, like send guys, probably cut some guys, maybe make some tough decisions on a couple players. You might lose a couple of starters, but like your core is still there. Like a lot of your core guys are still there, but they're getting older. Cam Jordan is That's older. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. I don't know uh, how, how stable that core is. What's that linebacker's name? Uh, Davis. Uh, Demario. Yeah, Mario. Demario Davis. Day. I mean, this guy is a stud, but he's getting up there in age. So yeah, they're yeah. getting a little older. Like too. I would, I would take this line situation right now than the New Orleans Saints. Even last year, we're taking this Lions job than what this New Orleans Saints job is right now. Yeah, they don't have no top picks. Detroit last year had a top pick, right? Saints are kind of like in that average, like, and okay, you want- do we tear it apart or do we build? And it's kind of like you're stuck in that yeah. spot where the Lions were stuck with Stafford. I, mean, I was just going to bring that up, years. yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like when you took the job at Detroit, you had the decision is like, do you want to keep Matthew? Obviously, he wanted out, so you made the decision to obviously part ways with him, make it right with him, both sides, whatever. Um, so you had the luxury even either keeping Matthew was a really good quarterback, which we're gonna get into in this episode. Uh, you could either keep Matthew or you trade Matthew and you get a lot of draft capital. And I think that's the right decision. The Lions took that. I mean, they had no choice to do that. I mean, Matthew didn't want to be here and. You know, that's what they ended up doing, and I thought that was the right decision. I mean, Tyler, even let's say he was here right now, you're probably picking in, like, the teens, right? Yeah. And you're kind of, like, stuck. You're like, okay, like, we're not good enough to win in the playoffs, but we're not good enough to have a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, like, where the Vikings are right now, right? Like, you you want to either be really good or be bad. You don't want to be stuck in the middle. Middle sucks. No one likes to be average. The way I look at it is like if you have a quarterback, though, I think Matthew could mask so many flaws, and especially what we saw this coaching staff. I think they could have got more out of these guys. So I think if you had Matthew right now, I think you'd be absolutely fine right now. Maybe, but I mean, you're not having the number two picks. So you're not I feel getting like it had to the door, Hutchinson. Like but yeah, it, it had to happen. I mean, he wanted out. It was mutual. It is what it is. I mean, what they did wasn't wrong. I'm not saying what they did was wrong, but I don't think it would be. I don't think there's a bad decision either way. If you kept Matthew or you traded him. and Yeah, because Matthew, I mean, you think of it this way. How many more years do you think Matthew has in his league playing at a high level? Let's say uh, six to eight. eight. I would say at least four to five, in my opinion. At least four to five? All right, four to five. Yeah. That's at I the mean, very least. Yeah. You think at the Lions, do they have the tools to build around Matthew in a two, three-year period? I think they, they could have. With free agency, with Dan Campbell as your coach? players fighting hard i mean i don't know it's possible yeah like it, it, is, but, what it is yeah matthew didn't want to go through that so yeah no we, we get that he didn't want to go through a rebuild and having to wait two three years and have the success that he's seeing right now you know he's yeah one in the division year one one playoff games beat those good teams you know he he did it he did his thing yeah he beat tom brady in the freaking playoffs like People always said Stafford doesn't win big games. I mean, what else do you want the guy to do now? Well, people are idiots. Yeah. Well, we're well, about yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, when you look at quarterback wins, I don't like that as a stat necessarily. Because I feel like, yeah, because obviously a QB is a big part of your team. But if you have the number one, like a top 10 offense, you have the 32nd ranked defense, you're not going to win games. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, if the Rams lost this game, this has nothing to do with Matthew. I mean, Cam Akers some of the balls twice, one in the red zone. Cooper Cup has a fumble that he never does and gives all momentum to Tampa. And you had the terrible snap. That's four fumbles that has nothing to do with Matthew Stafford that you could have very well gave the Tampa Bay Bucks a chance to win that game. But what would have happened if you would have lost? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's that's why QB stats don't matter. But he would have got the criticism, which is just super unfair. What did he do wrong? I mean, he fell down. I honestly, I honestly feel like people who probably never played the game before 
they're the ones who are like like that because I just feel like they well, don't. Malcolm, this is just like the NFL media. That's what they no. do. They have former players, former media members. I hear Shannon well, Sharp. He played in the league. He talks just the same shit as these yeah, guys. You know, that, that's, 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 what he does, what they do is they just they go by. This is read their articles. They just read it. They they don't yeah. watch film. No, they, and I, how many how many of those same guys said, "Wow, I didn't know Matthew Stafford was this good." Yeah, how many of those a guys? A lot. And Joe Thomas, a former player, is one of them. Like exactly. a lot. Of, yeah, all those guys said that because when you look at Detroit, the Detroit Lions, you just put those guys in the bubble. Yeah, all, all those guys are just automatically in the bubble. Mm-hmm. No matter how, like you have to be Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders like to be out of that bubble. If you're not those type of guys, you're going to be in that bubble. Like we have a lot of great players in Detroit. DeAndre Levy. DeAndre Levy to me is probably one of the talent wise could have been one of the greatest linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, talent wise, couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy, but he wasn't even, like. There's people who don't even know who the hell he is. Yeah, you're right. There's That's people who have no clue who DeAndre Levy is. You talk to an average fan, say, "Yeah, we had DeAndre. DeAndre, who? Who was that?" There's yeah. a lot of under, underrated players like that came in Detroit. I think uh, Ziggy Yanta was one for a little bit until he, obviously the injuries. People knew Ziggy though. I feel like people knew Ziggy. He was a time They followed the draft, he probably, but yeah, I feel like you can even make the argument for Indomitian Sue. He didn't really even really get his name out there till like maybe the end of his Lions tenure in 2014. He, he got the Sue got known for doing dumb shit. That's what I'm saying. But no one knew actually. I feel like how dominant he actually <laughs> Nobody, was. Yeah, they didn't know him as being this dominant force in the interior. They knew him as fucking up quarterbacks and doing dumb shit to get stomping on Aaron Rodgers. Stomping on Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's what they know him as. They don't know him as like it's just this is what they the media and they put Detroit Lions. They put narratives there. behind it. And I'm saying, and, that, and that's and that's exactly what I'm saying. It, as, as unfair as it would have been, there's going to be a, a label on Matthew Stafford that he can't win big games if he lost that game to Tampa Bay after coming out with a big lead, even though he had nothing to do with that game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for Matthew because he's at a point right now that he just has to win. He does. I think it, even if they lose this week, they play against um, the 49ers. If he loses this week, you, you're going to see it. Here it we depends. go again, yeah. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I, I, not not you. I, you're definitely not because you you see Matt. You know what Matthew's capable of. We us three right here. We know what Matthew's capable of. But you have the, you have those certain fans who just certain Lions fans that be like uh, Matthew Stafford. He's the reason for the Detroit, the Detroit Lions not being successful. Yeah, like so. this is the same Detroit Lions team that has one playoff win since 1957. One Uno Uno playoff win, and they're blaming our success. The past few years on Matthew Stafford, yeah, Which, those little guys. You see, but that's what I'm saying is like they put these labels on guys just off, and that's why I'm going to Pierce Point, which I absolutely agree with. QB wins are so meaningless, in my opinion. Like to use that as a stat, could, could a QB come big in a game and win you a game? Absolutely, but there's some ways QBs just. Is Jimmy G winning the games for the San Francisco 49ers? Is he the reason they're winning football games? So if you want to use QB wins as a stat, Jimmy G is a great player. He's a great quarterback if you want to use QB oh, stats like that. Mark but he's not the reason. A- Mark Sanchez went to the AFC Championship. Blake Bortles. A lot of guys. Blake like Bortles. <laughs> you know, the yeah. thing is, like, people, like, what I'm talking about, like, when I was saying, like, a lot, those people who feel like that probably never played football before, the reason why I say that is because it's more than the players that get you there. A lot of people yeah, don't, yeah. They don't factor in how much a coaching staff matters. I have a question for you guys. So, you, forty-five seconds, uh, one timeout left. Is there any quarterback you're taking over Stafford situation? Personally, I don't know if I'm being biased, but I've seen Stafford do this like a million times in Detroit. I mean, I'm taking Stafford 
in the clutch. He's up I don't there. Know what you guys are he, doing. He's definitely up there, but you got to look what Patrick Mahomes did the game right after with 13 Dude, seconds. I know Mahomes is special, but just like what I've seen with Stafford over. I mean, like, no, I'm not arguing past, that. I'm, I mean, I'm I don't know how long that. he was here. The, the, you want to say the past decade, whatever it is. I mean, in that game with the Browns, like as a young quarterback, he had like a freaking separated shoulder. He came back in the game and he finished it off. I mean, Just like, his toughness and the way he plays. Like, I had no doubt in my I was like, dude, Stafford is going to win this game for them. Yeah. 45 seconds, one timeout. Even 45 seconds, no timeouts is way too much time for Stafford. Remember the Dallas game? 30 seconds left, no timeouts. Yeah, I mean, it's a bomb to Chris Durham. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like a nice to Calvin. Then yeah, yeah. you could you, you could bring up so many games like that. You could bring up yeah, I mean you know the the Vikings game, um, you know, or not the Vikings, the Falcons game last year. That one was unreal, you know, had less than a minute, I think, leads a game winning touchdown, <laughs> you know. I think yeah. had maybe one timeout. Just the Jackson, era. Yeah, called uh, oh that whole 2016 season. They had eight out of their nine wins was their comebacks. Exactly. <clears throat> that, I mean I mean, he has 43 game-winning drives when holding the ball the last possession. There he's you go. one of the best to do it in the in the business yeah. ever. He has too. that hit factor, you know? And the thing yes. is with him, too, is like, okay, like, there's all this narrative. He's not a great quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But what more do you want this guy to do, right? Like, his arm talent, like, we saw this here. We were spoiled. I feel like some people took it for granted. When you look around the league, maybe, like, five or six quarterbacks could do the throw – could throw those throws he makes, right? I mean, even on TV, Chris Collinsworth said that was Mahomes-type throw. I was like, dude, shut up. Stafford been doing that before Mahomes. Like, And even Mahomes even like said that before too. So just the disrespect he still gets pisses me off. Yeah. You know, to answer your question, Pierre, uh, what quarterback would I want over Stafford? You know, Stafford's definitely an elite quarter. He's an elite level as far as in those last minute drives, two-minute drives. We need a point to score. He's in that league category but he's gonna get you those points most likely yeah as far as would i take him over anybody i don't know it's all you look at it like the last decade i think he's putting in just in the last second situation last second no last second situation oh, say, we're not saying overall I'm, second, I'm not saying matthew's like last, last drive second, yeah the last yeah. drive you need last a touchdown drive, who, who, who would i want to do it <laughs> he is but would you want him or prime brady i'm taking stafford or I would know, you, man. I mean, but Stafford is yeah. my, I'm not trying to be biased, but I think he's literally one of the best to ever do it when it comes a, to a last-minute drive. He's an elite company. I mean, dude, he did the same thing that Mahomes did, not in the same circumstances, but in 2016. I think we had 17 seconds, zero timeouts, or maybe it would run timeout, whatever. He gets us in field goal range versus the Vikings, forces a game to field goal, and that's the game where pack the bags, start to play in the Golden State game winning yeah. uh, game winning. Chicha. Dude, the game versus Dallas, like, doesn't that remind you of that, like that last drive? Doesn't that remind you of the Dallas game? Basically, he's getting everyone to the line. When you he's saying, like, everyone there, there, like, keep your ass over there, like to his tackles or his guards or whatever. And they were they were coming. He was like, yeah, I don't I, know, man. It just and even that Cowboys game wasn't it like thirty seconds, no timeouts. I forgot what it was. Something ridiculous. Like Cowboys yeah. had a penalty where yeah. which topped the clock which is stupid on them but he's one of the best to do it if if he's not the best or like maybe the guy you wouldn't take the best i think he's got to be definitely in your top three of like if you if i if i if i gave you an option of three quarterbacks you could have in a last minute scenario i think stafford's definitely in that top three yeah he's 100%. definitely an elite company in that situation yeah elite company so right now there's a big thing right now on twitter i'm pretty sure you guys seen it twitter yeah. the twitter war right now is called the stafford war yeah. We have one side in, in the in the red corner. <laughs> we have the people who absolutely hate people seeing Stafford have this type of success. Yeah, they're actually they're pissed off. They're not happy. They're saying 
<laughs> they're saying, oh, we're messing up our draft pick, and oh, Stafford's only winning because X, Y, Z. And you're not a true Lion fan. You're a fake fan. And in the, in the blue corner, we have the Stafford faithfuls. We, have, we have the people guy. who are riding high with this Rams team. They're riding so high they damn near look like a Ram, like a Rams fan right now. That's how bad it is right now. It's crazy right now. I just want to, I just want to see where you guys stand. Where where do you guys stand in this? Let's start with Tyler because Tyler, from what I know, is when Tyler showed a picture of a Stafford was that a Stafford shirt, a full player T-shirt. Yeah. Okay, those are dope. I I have um a slay one. Um. So yeah, you have a you own a Rams gear now. Yeah, I do. I do own a Rams gear. So <laughs> what is going on with you? So like, uh, uh, to answer your question, is basically what the Stafford thing is. I'm obviously super excited for the guy. He's my favorite quarterback ever. And, you know, I, I even brought up to Malcolm, like, and he brought it up for me too, is like, this guy really is the reason that I really got into the game of football. Like, you know, he, he's one of the sole reasons why I love the game of football that I love it now. Um, just watching him play in Detroit all those years. He's my favorite player. I can never cheer against him. And I told you there's only four teams that he could play for that I would not be able to cheer for him. And that's the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Packers, Vikings, or Bears. If he's on one of those teams – all this fandom I'm doing right now, this, you know, bias I think I might be having towards Stafford, that's out the window. I'm not doing that for if he's on one of those four teams. But if he's on any other team and it does zero effect on the Lions outside, if you want to bring a draft pick that was going to be high regardless, I'm going to cheer for the guy, man. And it's just a little different. Like, I've never had this feeling for any other former player on any other sport where I've cheered this hard for a guy that left my team because it's like – it's cool, yeah. Like, but I, I've never been like this actively cheering for someone, and I, I don't know how to really describe it. I think Matthews is really different to me. Like, I just really like the guy so much. He did so much for the team of Detroit, did so much for the city of Detroit, and I think something that makes me want to cheer for him even more is what Peter mentioned that he still gets that disrespect. I want him to change the narrative. I want people to change their opinions on Matthew Stafford. I want Matthew Stafford to be in that category where people look at him like, damn. This guy was a really good quarterback that we just did not appreciate for 12 years in the league. He's amazing, man. He's really good. I'm not putting him in this elite category with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Holmes. I'm not putting him in that category. But he is really, really underappreciated in the league. So to see him winning right now and go to the NFC title game, I'm super hyped for the guy. And I want to keep winning to flip that narrative because that are people already doing right now. People are flipping that narrative on Stafford. They're like, man, I – my opinions changed completely on Stafford in the last six hours. And he's doing that actively every single game. And I want him to keep doing it until he's done. Cause I think he's really that good. And he didn't get his dues in Detroit from the national media. And it's a weird, like, like a hedge. Why, like, why am I cheering? Why, why do I care so much about the media? I don't know why. I really don't know why the media is affecting me so much with this. It's just all the disrespect he's gotten over the years. I just I don't think it was needed, and to see these people finally shut up and change their perspective on him, it's just been so satisfying to me. I don't know why. It's like the biggest f you to everybody. So I'm actively cheering for the guy. I'm still a Lions fan till the day the day I die. Even though Stafford's winning right now, it's not the same feeling if the Lions were you know were in this position. I mean, we've never really felt this before, so I can't say that I guess. But if the Lions were winning, it's not the same reaction, but it's a good reaction that I'm happy for Stafford right now. What about you, Pierre? What's going on? Yeah, so I got to be honest, man. Calvin and Stafford are the reason why I love football. And I've said this on this show. I wasn't really a football fan when I was a kid. I actually hated football, like when I was a little younger. Then once Stafford and Calvin came in the picture, I fell in love with the game, right? And 
when you see a guy just the way he's developed in Detroit, basically he grew up as like a 20-year-old, 21-year-old into like the quarterback he is, just the way he matured in Detroit and how he gave everything to his city. He broke his back for his city. Off the field, he contributed so much for the city. And just like with the coaches he's been dealt and the schemes and all the bullshit he's been dealt in Detroit, right, I want to see the guy to succeed. And you want to call me a Rams fan during the playoffs? Sure, I'm a Rams fan. You guys know I love Jalen Ramsey. There's, that's no secret. You two know that. I don't know the listeners. You guys know I love Aaron Donald. So I'm I'm obviously rooting for those guys too. But I want Stafford to really win just to prove that. Like give a middle finger to all of his haters, right? He's been he's been doubted. He's oh he can't win big games. He's not a, he's not a good quarterback. He's this. He's that. We've heard all the narratives. We've heard like even when he entered the league, he's Matthew Glassford, right? And he put people yeah. wrong. He started all these games until he broke his back, which sucked. And then he played through a broken back. Like, you have to appreciate the small things he does. Dude, you're basically out of the playoffs. You broke your back, but you're still going to play. Like, that's for major respect, right? Like, this guy gave everything he had to the city of Detroit, literally. So I want to see this guy just give a middle finger to everyone and say, I'm going to go win this thing. And I'm rooting for him, man. I really am. If, hey. if I would tell you I'm not a Rams fan during the playoffs, I'm lying. I'm a Rams fan right now. Yes, but I'm it. always a Lions fan first, yeah, and whoever questions my fandom, they could go jump in a lake because, yeah. honestly, I don't care. Why people think of swimming? That does nothing to them. <laughs> They're just going to be swimming in the lake. You know what I mean, Malcolm? Seeing Stafford heist Lombardi would be – that would be just so satisfying. It would be so amazing just because of all the criticism he's gotten over the years. And, like, some of it's deserved. Like, I'm not saying – the lion, like Matthew Stafford, was absolutely perfect in these twelve years, and you know, like he he was good. He was really good. You know, th- there's been some you know occurrences where he could have probably done a little bit more, whatever, right? But I think for the most part, we could everyone agree here that the Lions majority failed Matthew Stafford, then Matthew Stafford failed the Lions. And I don't even think it's even I mean, remotely close. Like, think about this, bro. Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup lead the league. Uh, league and like receiving guards in NFL history and Stafford threw the ball to both of them. Like that has to be something, right? And Cooper Cup wasn't as effective as he's I feel like Stafford made Cooper Cup better. And if you want to say in some way he like he reju he rejuvenized OBJ's career. Like you see OBJ right now, he's playing like vintage OBJ. He's like he's all in man. He's he's he looks like his old self how he looked in uh New York. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just, I don't get how there's Lions fans that's still downing Matthew Stafford. I, I, just, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, it's it's mind boggling. Like, what else do they have to see? I mean, if you watch them in Detroit, like, like for me personally, Stafford has absolutely zero, nothing to prove to me. He had nothing to prove to me at all. Stafford, I, I mean, when he was in Detroit, there's probably not that many people that rode Stafford more than more than me right now. I, I mean, like as far as us right here, like me, Pierre. Especially Pierre, you know, we we rose that. That's how sure. we. That's how we came um, close through that connection. Yeah, to be honest, there was a point that um, even when Golden Tate came out and said Stafford was the best quarterback talent wise ever played with, and everybody was like, "Are you crazy, Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson?" I said, "You know, I'm, I said, yeah, I I see it. I agree with them. You know, you put Stafford on another team, this is a whole different narrative. You're gonna win playoff. There's no way you can say Stafford on another team. You put St- Matthew Stafford in that Legion of Boom team." With Russell, that Russell Wilson had, where they had the number one defense, number one, run, number one rushing uh, offense. There's no way you can say Stafford wouldn't have a playoff win. Stafford would not have a playoff win. He'll have a ring. He'll have a ring. Absolutely have a ring with that team. So, I mean, that was a narrative back then. So, Stafford has nothing to prove to me. As far as, like, how I feel, 
I'm not where you guys are. I can say that. <laughs> you gotta like admit though. They're like, say it's like a close game. You're not rooting for Stafford Loki. I'm rooting for Stafford all the time, but it's not like I'm not like yes. No, I was you know? cheering. So that's that's not me. Too, like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and I don't, and this is why I'm trying to. I'm glad we made this episode because I want people to see that it's okay to cheer for Matthew Stafford. My two guys here, they grew up on Matthew. This is why they became Detroit Lions fans, Matthew Stafford. So that's why I was trying to, even when, before this all came out, I, I tried to break this to a lot of people. People are wondering, like, why are you, you know, why are people still riding Matthew Stafford like this? He's no longer a Lion. I had to break it down to him. Like, look, you know, Matthew Stafford, to a lot of these fan, Lions fans, is their first quarterback they've seen in Detroit. He was the first quarterback, you know, they only know nine. This is what this is what came about. So you gotta cut those guys some slack. You can't say they're fake fans because that's their guy. Like if I was younger and not really younger, but say if Barry Sanders, because Barry Sanders is the reason why I became a Lions fan. If Barry Sanders went to another team, I mean, who am I to say I wouldn't, you know, cheer for Barry, you know, if he went to another team? I probably would have. It's just it's just what it is, man. So I don't think as far as fake fans and this and that. You know, I don't. They're not fake fans. If just because they're cheering for Magic Stafford, I just want to put that out there. They're not fake fans. Just people. It's just everybody's different. Me, for me personally, I'm that type of fan that if it's not better for in Detroit, I could care less what happens. Like, like for example, when Green Bay lost, I took joy of that. I, I cheered. Did. I actually cheered. Oh, for sure. I was cheering for the um, 49ers. Yeah, I had. I a, my ass yeah. off because. I, I, I took joy of that. Hours. I had a great 24 hours. <laughs> I, t- I took joy of that, you know? But if it's not better for the Lions, I just watch any, I just watch every game like 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 a regular game. Like I'm not but but you have those fans who are over they're they're excited because of Matthew Stafford. And I get it. You know, it is is what it is. It's just me personally, I'm not like that. But doesn't mean that, oh, just because I'm not just because I'm not like that doesn't mean I'm a bigger fan than Tyler and Pierre, just because they're cheering for Matthew Stafford. It, that doesn't mean that. So yeah, I'm glad we're doing this episode um, based off of that. Um, you know what I don't get? Like, a couple years ago, Golden Tate was in the playoffs. People were rooting for Golden Tate. Didn't really get a lot of criticism. Darius Slay, right? Like, or Quandre, or whoever it is. Like, a four other former Lions, it's okay to root for. If it comes to Matthew Stafford, like, you can't well, root for him, right? Pierre, I, think, I think it's different because... Yeah, I say, Pierre, I think this interest <laughs> level of me, like, watching Golden Tate in the playoffs a couple years ago is way more different. No, than... but I'm saying, like, people never call people out. Oh, why are you rooting for Golden Tate? He left Detroit. Like, why, why, do, or why are you rooting for Darius Slay? I, I think a lot of people were like Malcolm, where I was like Malcolm with Golden Tate in the playoffs, and Golden Tate's one of my favorite players. Mm. I didn't, like, if the Eagles won... Cool, cool for Golden, but like if they lost, it doesn't really affect me. That's exactly how I feel about Matthew right now. That's what I'm saying. But Matthew is definitely different, right? No, now. but I'm saying like if the people were actively rooting for him, they didn't really get criticized as much for the people. I don't think anybody was really doing that, like it's, as much like, as Matthew. Right now, like you couldn't say when. Okay, there was maybe because of draft that, picks, right? I mean, I don't. I don't think that, that, that's that's not. I don't think it matters. Like what we're seeing here with the Rams, we're seeing more Lions Rams fans. So it's like the Lions fans is, is converting to the Rams fans during the during the offseason, and they're they're right now the Rams fans. You, you just submit that you are a Lions Rams fan. We didn't see that with any of them. Yeah, it doesn't there, matter who it is. There was no there was no, no Lions way. Eagles fan. There wasn't like yeah, there, right there, was, there, there, there was none of that. I think it's just the fact that you know you have some people who are more old school, and they're you know they're they're rather die Detroit Lions. You know once a player's gone, they're gone. It's, it's what it is. Move on. That's that's their words. They say they say move on. They're they're not here no more. They didn't want to be here. They're not here no more. Move on. Um, but it, it, they just don't get it. I I, I think everybody's different. It's just it's what it is, man. Like you have some fans who are multiple team. They have multiple teams. It, it's just 
is what it is. I mean, I take no offense. I actually started, I actually stayed away from Twitter because this whole Matthew Stafford thing was just driving me crazy. Like you had the, the, the people who were just overly hating Matthew Stafford. You have people deal. who were just overly loving Matthew Stafford. It was just like, God damn it. Can we just all get along? Like you what know, the hell is going you know, on? You know, you know what it reminds me of? It's almost as toxic. I'm not going to say as toxic, but almost as toxic when the Patricia and Quinn thing yeah, was Patricia, in 2019. Oh it's like you had the Quinn defenders, the, the <laughs> Patricia defenders, and then you had people like me, the assholes. Get yeah. the hell out of here, Patricia. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, guys, is there really a difference? Like we know we talk about the draft, but like let's say that value, not the player, just that value between like yeah, dude, here the 24 draft and 32. They don't give a shit about the draft pick. They don't give a shit about that. I think when you're like Brad Holmes, right? That's like the value there. They they always say like when you're like picking in the 20s to like the 40s, it's very similar value. Just like if you're targeting a certain player, maybe that that's where it hurts a little. But honestly, who cares about a draft pick? Like if you trust your GM to hit on that pick. And I trust my GM to hit on that pick. Or if he wants to use that pick and go up and get another player, I trust him with that too. Whatever he wants to do with that pick, let him do it. Like, I trust him. I don't care if it's at 25, 28, no, 29, 31, 32. It's like the same value. I don't I don't think majority of people care about the draft. Pick. Yeah. That's, it, I think they all expected it to be high. Regardless. A lot of them, though, were like, we're hoping that they lost that first game. Would have been like in the, like in the lower 20s. I think like 24, been 24, 24, 24 or whatever. So, yeah, now it's like at. 30, 20, 28 to 30, right? 30, 20, 29 to 32, somewhere yeah. in that range. Yeah. So, um, I don't care. What's the difference between 29 and 32? If they're, you want a guy, you no, straight up. Like, nobody, I don't think anybody cares about the yeah. Right now, even the people that are saying, like, oh, Stafford, they're like, that they hate Stafford, and so they're, they're not worried about no draft pick right now. It's, it's done. This is, once Stafford won the first game, the whole draft pick thing just went out the window. Yeah, nobody like, who cares? cares? Nobody like, cared about at that point about the draft pick, but what, they're saying as far as like the people who who are negative about Stafford is, oh, well, he won a playoff game, but he didn't do anything. Anybody could have done this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what made me even more satisfied with this <laughs> game versus Tampa, because I think you could make that argument versus Arizona. I think Jared Goff wins that game. I mean, he didn't really do much. He only threw the ball 17 yeah, times. Absolutely. Cam, Cam Akers played really well that game. Defense played really well that game. But that Tampa Bay game was like his signature game, in my opinion, where like he had to take over that game. The run game wasn't really going had four turnovers, or not him, but the offense had four turnovers. So there was a lot of adversity in that game that Matthew got through and won that game. That's what was really satisfying to me. Because, like, the Arizona thing was great. I was really happy for Matthew. But, like, if I'm going to be honest, Matthew wasn't the reason why they won that game. He just okay. he, he took the role. He, he played a good job. You know, he didn't really do anything special. But that Tampa game, it, it came down to Stafford, and he had to make the big throw, and he won the game. Can Jared Goff make that throw? No. Come on, man. Really? I didn't want to put this on the air. That's all you wanted I, to do. I didn't want to I mean, put this on. I didn't, want to, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mention Jared in this episode. I don't want to mention Jared Goff either. But that's what they did. They upgraded, did. right? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Like we're being honest here. That's why they traded for him he, because Stafford can make all the throws. Did, Jared Goff can. How long was that pass? Was that a fifty-yard bomb? I don't even know. Yeah, it was like it was. You're asking. You're asking. You're asking. Can Jared Goff make throw a fifty yard bomb? No, but what we're trying to say is like that's blitz. why they traded with the for blitz. him. Like, <laughs> with the blitz. Come Malcolm, on, man. That's why they traded for him though, because Stafford could elevate that offense. He could take that offense to the next level, and that's what he's done. And also, when Stafford is hot, he's dangerous. Right now, these past two games, he's pretty damn hot, and we've seen when he's hot, he's pretty hard to stop. Yeah, I'll say. I mean, you could kind of, you could kind of see which direction they're going from the first drive. 
and I've been saying this forever. If you're watching the Rams game, you just watch the first drive and you can kind of see how this game's going to go. I'm going to give you an example. If we watch this, the 49ers game when they play the Rams, if on offense the Rams get the ball first and Matthew Stafford doesn't get touched, they're going to win that game. They're probably going to win by 20, 30 points. Well, we saw that. Remember week 18, dude? Like, he was untouched that first half, but that second half, that Niners defense woke up and they were getting to his face every single play, it felt yeah. like. And they were up 17-0 at one point. They collapsed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It all depends on if that front four could get to Matthew Stafford. That could be a trap game because San Francisco, if that front – I mean, they have arguably the best front four in they're there. They're hot right now, too. Yeah, San Fran's so hot. That could, be a, that could be a trap game for the Rams. And, and, and I'm going to say this again. If, if that first drive – if you see that their 49ers are getting to Matthew Stafford, it's going to be a long-ass day for Matthew Stafford. Long-ass yeah. day. I mean, we'll I mean, sometimes those passers get a little tired and then, like, the offensive line could protect a little longer. So, it's. I mean, I think this game is going to come down to literally the end. Like, I'm not going to – I'm not labeling it on the first drive, how the first drive goes. It's going to be going crazy. Down, it's going to go down to the shoulders of number 10 of San Francisco. Is that what you're saying? Or oh, number 9. If it goes down to number 10, I'm very confident Stafford's in that Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm very confident, even though Jimmy's like weirdly clutch. I want to see that matchup between Debo Samuels and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, we've seen it twice this year. Debo is yeah. at the edge. Here's Jalen Ramsey. Really? My se- guys, my seaweed. Tyler said Jalen Ramsey, and my seaweed went off. That was hilarious. Really? <laughs> that wasn't me. That was Siri. I can't control I'm that. Totally keep it on the air. <laughs> keep that on the air. That was hilarious. <laughs> Siri, like, here's Jalen Ramsey. I was like, all right. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out there because it's okay if you're cheering for Stafford. And it's okay if you're like, no, you really don't care. Like, if he wins, it's cool. Yeah. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're if you're on that side, like, that's perfectly cool because I'm with you guys, like, about anybody else, essentially, if it's outside of Matthew Stafford. Which yeah. is weird. It's it's weird. This guy is just different to me. It could be literally anybody else. I would not be this interested. Yeah, I think the only time I've ever like rooted for a guy like that in any sports, it had to be Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan was on the Bulls, I was like that as far as with the Bulls. But I was a young I was a young kid and he was my favorite player. Yeah. So I, I mean I, I was like a little bit with that with Dirk, but not like this with Matthew. But Dirk was my guy. Yeah. I was like that mean, with Chauncey. When Chauncey went to Denver, you were really actively cheering for him. I actually, when he came to Denver, I had a, I was rocking. When he came to Detroit, I was rocking a Denver Chauncey Billups jersey with a Denver hat, and I watched. See, like I can't I do that. Like, like if if Stafford, but look, this is I was like, <laughs> no, 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 I know. Yeah, like, like I understand. I don't. I was, yeah. you really no, but like if if this was now, let's say Stafford was coming to Detroit to play the Lions, I can't wear a Stafford. Ring. No, 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 no. That's yeah. when I was like. I was like a diehard Billups. Like, bro, you got to remember, I, I grew up watching Billups. And obviously now, like, if let's say Billups played now and he left versus the Pistons, I'd probably go to the game, but I wouldn't be rooting for him. I just want to see him play. Yeah. I remember, Um, I think the only time I did it in the NFL is when um, Tease Tabor went to the Bears. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm's trying to be funny. I was like, Malcolm's, I was like, Malcolm's about to say. Well, Malcolm, you story. have someone like that. You're not, I don't think he's actively cheering as much as me and Pierre for Stafford, but you kind of have a guy from your, your college quarterback, Mac Jones, you really cheer for a lot. Not like that. I mean, I no, 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 not like that. I cheer for Mac Jones the same way I cheer for everybody else. Any other player I like. No, Tyler, he has this oh, guy oh. on the Mavericks. Uh, oh, Kristaps? Kristaps Porzingis. That's oh, no. boy. Malcolm loves him. He's a, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm, Malcolm rocks his jersey. You talking, talking about bad knees? Malcolm, don't you have his jersey in a Mavericks? He's a Mavericks KP jersey in this closet. I see it in the background right now. That's a damn lie. 
Malcolm, why are you wearing that blue Mavericks hat right now? I. You talking about the Dallas Knicks? They have all of the Knicks players. Tim Hardaway actually just got. Hope they all lose. Just got a report. Hope they all lose. I'm not. Uh, yeah, no. No, guys, we're kidding. Malcolm hates Porzingis. You guys, I do. Yes, yeah, yeah. We're just teasing him. I a despise little. him. All right, I want to bring up something really quickly. Bringing up the Lions. That um, let's get a little track on Lions. This is we our last segment. This is very quick. But um, the comp picks have not been officially been announced. But this is what it's going to look like most likely for the Lions draft class in 2022, and for the guys that left you last offseason. What the Lions been rewarded for? So the Lions have been rewarded most likely with three commentary picks with that being Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Jared Davis. And the value of those picks are for Kenny Galladay is going to be worth the third round pick. So the Lions will get an additional third in this draft, which is absolutely huge. Marvin Jones, you'll get an additional fifth. And for Jared Davis, you'll get an additional sixth round pick. So these are just extra bonuses because the Lions didn't replace those guys with high salary guys. So the Lions get rewarded with compensatory picks. And an extra bonus with Kenny Galladay getting that bag in New York you got the highest compensatory pick that you could have gotten in this draft. That's the highest it goes up to. It's a third-round pick, and you got that for Kenny Gowdy. So that's absolutely huge for a rebuilding team to get that. And for how low Kenny Gowdy looked this year, Brad Holmes made the right decision, man. He really made that right decision because, you know, when I when I first saw Kenny Gowdy, like, what should we do with him? I didn't – you know, when Brad Holmes took over, I didn't think we should extend him to a big deal or anything, but I was thinking maybe put him on a franchise tag and maybe you trade him at the deadline, but – I think the way that Brad Holmes looked at this, like, man, he's going to get paid. I'm going to get a guaranteed third-round pick. I think he played the safe route where he didn't take a risk and say, you know, maybe I could get more for Galladay if he's playing well. But I think this is fine. And I think the, I think to get a third-round pick for Kenny G is really huge. And then Jared Davis, yeah, you can give me a seven-round pick. I would have been happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and Marvin, no, yeah. perfect. Is, is Kenny G even worth a third-round pick? Like, if he was being traded right now this season. What do you think the Giants could get from Kenny, Kenny Galladay? What, what, what the hell? No, yeah, absolutely not. No, I was, I was thinking the risk before the years you, like you franchise him, yeah. hopefully he plays well, and then maybe at the deadline you're struggling. Maybe you get a two. But that's more risky because then he can get hurt. Maybe he's not performing, and you're not getting that value, and you might get nothing for Kenny Galladay at that point. So to get something guaranteed, I think that's why Brad Holmes went that route. And to get a guaranteed yeah. third-round pick, it's absolutely big. And, like, we talked about this, too. Kenny G didn't really fit with Jared Goff. And, honestly, he didn't fit with Daniel Jones. But that GM is gone. And whatever they're doing down there is not, I don't care. So, it's just, I feel like, a desperate move by the Giants when they didn't even really need a receiver. But I'll take an extra third round pick any day. I would, too. So, yeah, man. Uh, by the way, these are projections from over the cap. Um, they're not, like, 100% accurate. But let's say they're about 95% accurate. They're, they're, they're pretty on point with that stuff. So, We'll see what want, happens. And I want to bring a little history for Lions fans. It's not big history, but in 2021, the Lions didn't get a commentary pick, but the Lions traded for a commentary pick in the Matthew Stafford deal, which ended up being Brad Holmes' commentary pick that the Rams got rewarded for for the Lions hiring him. If this is all making sense, the Lions traded for that third-round pick in the Matthew Stafford deal, and that pick ended up being a Fatima Lafondra. So that was a commentary pick. So maybe you can be getting another starter or another nice rotational player for you. So – the round picks yep. are valuable, in my opinion. They are. I mean, you got Amon Rossi and Brown in the fourth round pick. You got Derek Barnes, who has potential in the fourth round pick. So, yeah, man, you you could find players in the fourth round. You look around the league, there are some pretty good players that were drafted in fourth round. Yeah, third round, fourth round, yeah. No, absolutely. And when you have trust into your GM, especially for a guy that maybe wasn't necessarily making the picks but had a big say in these picks, he's had a track history of getting some studs and some sleepers. Um 
dust in the dime, whatever you want to call it, um, in, in those mid rounds. And, you know, that's what really separates you from being a good team from a great team. If you could hit on mid round picks and these guys could be contributors to your teams, you got these guys on rookie deals and they're balling for your team. That's what goes from a good team to a great team really quickly. Yeah, yeah I'm with that. you. And I think with this whole senior bowl situation, I think that's going to help out a ton. Yeah, we're going to be able to get guys and, you know, those middle middle rounds and they could be studs. Like, I'm going to give you an example. Didn't we find Jonah Jackson in this um in, in senior bowl with, with Matt Patricia when he did the senior bowl? Yeah. Was yeah, it Jonah, was Jonah yeah. Jackson was there? Yeah. Logan Sandberg, too. He, he other, I think he was on the other team, though, wasn't he? If I'm I'm not, no, I think he was with us. Oh, yeah, okay. we, we, we had like all the Big Ten guys. Got you, got you, got you. So there it is. I mean, that just shows you how much of us the senior bowl factors, you know, it factors in. So I'm expecting them to hit a lot of these guys, on yeah. a lot of these guys, based off, you know, the, having the senior bowl. Yeah, Brad Holmes said too, and Dan Campbell, he said, we have to be careful not to fall in love with these guys too much because there's also really talented juniors that are not going to be there. So yeah. that's something to keep in mind too. And I feel like us too, sometimes, like we kind of fall in love with like, Everyone, they kind of it's, see the it's senior the bowl. Reasons, it's the recency bias. It's like it's what you're really bias, seeing right now. Right. Yeah, it's, it's what you're seeing. It's like, oh, my God, this this guy's, you know, killing it. He's making a stock crazy right now. Yeah, it's so all you have to balance bias. that. You have to balance that a little. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I could definitely see us draft, drafting a few of these guys. Oh, yeah. No, for Absolutely. sure. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. They have, like, right now, the um, I think they have project. Well, Eric Schley had an article today. He said about eight to ten picks, depending on the comp picks and all that stuff. So that's a lot of capital. Maybe they won't use all those picks. Maybe they'll trade up, get a player, or maybe they'll trade down and get more picks. We'll see. So much luxury right now. There is a lot of yeah. There is a lot of ways they could do this, and they have time too. It's not like they have to go out and trade all their picks for a star. They have time to build this thing the right way and just stack it up. I mean, you look at the Rams, right? Other than their like free agent signings, they had like a lot of young guys playing. Like their starting linebackers are rookie Ernest Jones. Their safeties are all like I don't think they were first round picks. They were all mid round picks. Their corner, um, what's his damn name, Troy Hill, right? He was I believe I don't know what round he was drafted. He was undrafted, but I mean they had an undrafted safety playing for them. So yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. But you know, those, those same guys you're surrounded by so much top veterans that it's okay. You could play some of those young guys, and you could be okay. You know, you got Aaron down in the front. You got you know Ramsey knocking down one side of the corner. So it, it's okay when you have two elite players in your defense like that. Uh, you, you can afford some young guys. Yeah, I mean, bro, you look at their D-line, too. They have these young interior, interior defensive linemen who I've never really heard of, but when you watch them, like, uh, does not Aishon start next to um, Donald? Yeah, but they have, like, these other, like, the rotational guys. They oh, the bring rotational in. guys, got you. I forgot his, this guy's name, bro. He's actually fun to watch. He, he plays next to Donald, like, on third. I think Aishon comes down on uh, pass rushing downs. Yeah, he, they have this one dude. I forgot his name, but this dude is, like, you put him next to Donald, he's fun. He's he's athletic. He's fun to watch. So yeah, man, they drafted well. They they like athletes, and it looks like the Lions too. I'm just excited, man. I can't wait to see what what they would do, especially with all these draft picks, man. But <laughs> hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. I don't know what you guys said afterwards, but I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. The Lions got extra draft capital, which is great. Go Matthew Stafford, and I'm out, guys. Peace. Leave those five star reviews too. All right, guys. Uh, I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.